Welcome back to a Thanksgiving edition of Backlash Podcast. This week we are going to talk to Matt Quinnell of the American Fishing Tackle Company, AFTCO, many people would know them as. We're just going to talk a little bit about their brand, what they offer for anglers in the Midwest, uh, their conservation, that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, we are, we're talking about Thanksgiving, which brings us to our annual Thanksgiving Day sales. I know that Muskie Mayhem Tackle is going to have one and Team Rhino Outdoors has one. And if you're hearing this right now and it's Wednesday, I believe it'd be the 22nd, you can uh, go on teamrhinooutdoors.com, enter the code TRO10 at checkout, and you could save yourself 10% on many items in the, in the uh, store. The rods, reels, nets, and gift cards, I think, are the only exclusions. So if you're, uh, unfortunately, if you're looking for a legend tournament, we can't discount those. We are not allowed to do that. If you want a, you know, Abu Garcia reel, aside from the Revo Rocket, that one is discounted already, but we can't uh, discount any of those things as well. So, but we do have, we do have a deal. If you would like to get a legend tournament rod, which I know Brad and Chase have been using a lot this year, and I've used it quite a bit. It's fantastic rods. And so if you buy a legend tournament, you pair that up with the Abu Garcia Revo Rocket, add both of those to your cart and you get the, uh, Revo Rocket Reel for $99.99. So it was uh, up until recently, it was a $329 reel. So you essentially save $220 on the reel, pairing it with a Legend Tournament. The other option we have too is we have some pen reels, the Pen Fathom low profile reels. We have those in a 7.2 to 1 gear ratio, the higher gear ratio. If you add that to your cart and you add a Team Rhino Outdoors hoodie to your cart, the hoodie is free. So those are kind of our deals. You can go enter TRO10 at checkout and save everything. You can add, you can bundle a couple of items and you can save a little bit of money on those too. And this is it. Team Rhino Outdoors does not do any other discount promotions throughout the course of any year. We do it one time a year and that is it. So if you're looking to save from us, that's it. We will likely do free shipping promotions through the course of show season. You know, for those few weekends that we're at the shows, we'll give the uh, anglers who aren't able to make it to a show opportunities to uh, to get some free shipping. But that's it. That's that's the deal for this year. That's uh, what's going on. You know, Brad, what do you got going on in the uh, Muskie Mayhem Tackle sale world? Well, it's uh, 20% site-wide excluding gift cards, and it starts on November 22nd. So if you're listening to this, it's already started, and it goes through the 27th. We also have free shipping on all orders, $125 or over in the U.S. only. Um, it's quite simple. The code is BF23 at checkout. So 20% uh, site-wide. So check it out, and I'm hoping you can find something that you need or want. Absolutely. Boy, that was short and sweet, Brad. Mine was a whole lot longer. I did mine in like two minutes. You did yours in, what, 30 seconds? Yeah, I've got it all written down here because otherwise I would have forgot, Jeff. (laughs) One other important announcement that I would like to make is Brad vehemently disagrees with me, but I'm going to be taking a break from podcasting for three weeks, I believe. It'll be, so we're going to podcast for three more podcasts in addition to this one. I think that'll run through like the 13th or so or the 20th or some, somewhere in there. I think it's the 13th of December. That'll be the last podcast we'll do for the year. Then I'm going to take off the December 20th, December 27th, and January 3rd podcast. We're going to miss three weeks. I'm giving you fair warning. So if you 
are still listening to our podcast, go back and listen to some of the most popular episodes. We will then return on the 10th of January. I believe that's what the date would be with our next episode. I need a little bit of time away. I need to just kind of, we've, we've podcasted for 250 weeks in in a row. I believe it was what it was, which is the only reason I wanted to keep the streak going, but sometimes all good things must come to an end. And so that streak is going to end. I'm going to walk away for a few weeks. I want to just not worry about editing podcasts, recording podcasts throughout the course of the holidays. Uh, I just want to hang out and, you know, we'll see what the weather's like. Maybe I'll go sledding with the kids if there's some snow, but that's kind of the idea. The kids have off and uh, I just don't feel like having to worry about other responsibilities during that time as I've worried about those responsibilities for 250 weeks in a row. And like I said, you can direct all hate mail towards me. This is not Brad's decision. Brad disagrees with our decision. He wants to keep moving forward, but... Uh, in an effort to keep my sanity moving into 2024, I feel like I need a little time away from the podcast. <laughs> that was funny, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, right, Brad? Yeah, I I don't know. I've got mixed emotions on it. I uh, I guess uh, the streak is a really cool thing, and I guess I was hoping to keep that going. But uh, everybody's got to do what they got to do, and it's your time to uh, to walk away for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. And we will uh, we'll go forward from there. This isn't goodbye. This is just a, a little bit of a, a vacation, so to speak. That's how this is. Like I said, Brad, I've, I look back through it. It's a tough decision because of all the things we went through to get to that streak. But like I said, eventually the streak would end somehow, some way. Um, and so I'm going to end it on my own terms for a little bit. And then we'll come back and we'll start a new streak. In the meantime, if you want, contact us on social media. We're always looking for new guest options and new ideas for a, a new season. We have a few ideas here yet to to uh, finish off three more weeks of podcasting this year. And then uh, we will return again, like I said, just before show season. So we'll we'll get back on, on the horse before show season. But if there's new guests that we haven't heard from or haven't talked to and, and you want us to you know talk to people, you want certain topics covered more, Certainly let us know. We're always up for, um, you know, different ideas because like we've said before, this is essentially your podcast. We're just here doing the work for you and we're, we want to put out a product that everybody wants to listen to. So we certainly want input and uh, do that either on social media or backlashpodcast at gmail.com. But, uh, you know, Brad, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to this episode? Because if you don't, I'd say we just dial up our conversation we had with Matt. I think we wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next, another week. Sounds good. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. Our guest this week is Matt Quinnell, and he represents AFTCO. You know, many of you may know them in the apparel world for fishing, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But, Matt, first off, I want to take thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come out and talk about uh, AFTCO with us today. Yeah, no, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, excited uh, to be on with you guys today, and you know, heard heard a lot about you know both of you as well as the the podcast. So, uh, fun thing all around. So, Brad, he heard about us, and he still agreed to come on the podcast. That must mean there's some <laughs> good things coming out of this. Well, where where this all kind of spawned from is Bill Shepke, and uh, he's our AFTO rep here in the Midwest, and um, I guess he is a good salesman. He sold us, Jeff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, Matt. Well, first off, let's go down this. What what got you into the fishing industry? Um, typically, it's because we like to fish, which 
inevitably leads us to fish less, I think. Is that how this story goes? Or, or are you one of the lucky ones that gets to fish all the time? Yeah, no, I'd say you're pretty spot on. Um, you know, you talk to all your buddies who are other fishermen, like, man, it must be so great. And I'm like, well, you know, usually when we're busy, it's prime fishing season. So, you know, take it for what it is, but it's not always uh, the best conducive conditions to go fishing. Uh, yeah, my story is pretty unique in the sense of, you know, I started fishing with my dad offshore in Southern California for, you know, tuna and yellowtail and a variety of other pelagics kind of grew up in the SoCal fishing scene as far as, um, you know, all the local shows and events. Um, at one time, AFCO, um, early 2000s, they used to do a parking lot sale. Um, so all the seconds that they would get that they weren't able to sell as firsthand goods to retailers, they would sell. Um, it's kind of like a one time a year swap meet uh, deal. And my dad and I used to go to that a ton. And then about 15 years ago, my mom had got laid off. Um, from the company she had been with and she came home one day and she told my dad and I, she's like, I just got this job at AFCO. Do you know him? And my dad's like, do we know him? We've been, you know, shopping with them for years. Of course we know AFCO. And so my mom's really the one who got me in. Um, you know, I was 18 going to college, kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Love sales. And, uh, Cody shed, one of the family members here called me and was like, you know, do you want a job? Um, and I started in the warehouse a little over 10 years ago and just kind of progressed over the last 10 or so years up to where I am now in sales. So it's been a interesting ride, um, but fun. I think it's interesting, Matt. I mean, tell us your position at AFCO. And you just said that uh, you started basically out on the shop floor, basically, right? Yeah. So I was at the time responsible for all of the t-shirt blinks and a lot of production stuff. Um, and today I'm the director of sales for the wholesale side of the business. So, um, you know, I have the pleasure of working with, you know, our 900 plus, uh, retailers, um, as well as roughly 23 independent reps that are like Bill Shipkin represent, you know, AFCO throughout the U S so, you know, fun and, and, you know, unique, uh, trajectory and, and extremely grateful for, you know, AFCO and the opportunities I've had. And, you know, you, you hear a lot in this industry that's been so eaten up by private equity over the last few years, you know, a family owned business. Wow. That's unique. And, you know, while AFCO is family owned, there's also a lot of family and families that work within the company. Um, you know, for me, it's my mom, but for a lot of under, other individuals, it's spouses or uh, moms and dads and whatnot as well. Well, I think we should go down the history path of AFCO, but before we do that, I, I kind of am curious when the transition between saltwater and freshwater started. Yeah, it's been, I would say, about five to six years. We really have put a lot of effort into freshwater. You know, AFCO, uh, up until that point, had been the premier saltwater offshore uh, fishing brand in the market. And, uh, you know, at some point, a few individuals came to us and said, well, you know, with apparel, it doesn't matter if you're fishing salt or fresh, the need's still the same. You know, you want to be comfortable you want to be protected from the sun and you also want to see out of the elements. So why aren't you, you know, marketing to the middle part of America and, you know, there's a lot more people in the middle part of America than they're on the coast. And that's kind of what spurred our efforts into the freshwater market, you know, about five years ago. Makes perfect sense. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of AFCO because I know a little bit more possibly than, than the general public, but, I think it's a really interesting story how this has kind of 
come together over a period of years. And now we're with three generations of, of uh, family that have been part of this whole thing. And I think that part of it is pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I'll go over the kind of overview. You know, it's unique. Anyone who's part of the fishing industry today, it's unique to have a third generation family owned business in the world we all live in. Um, so it's definitely something we're we're proud of as a company and, and also like to hang our hat on. You know, AFCO was founded uh, by JC Axelson in the 60s. And he was a big offshore fisherman who, who was actually producing landing gear for the military for planes. And he was not uh, thrilled with the quality of rod components that were being produced at that time. And he set out to make it his mission to produce a roller guide that was the best on the market for big game fishing. And, you know, mastered that. And then in the seventies, he actually passed away. And that's when Milt Shed purchased um, AFCO. And that's when the Shed family kind of came onto the scene um, of running the AFCO business. You know, over the the 70s, AFCO had a huge focus on, you know, making our unibuts and roller guides um, and a variety of that big game offshore tackle um, and rod components. Then in the 80s, uh, Bill was on his way to a a father-daughter Christian conference. And one of his friends had said, you know, what's your what's your plan to grow the brand you know you've you've already mastered this market that essentially that pie is only so big what are you going to do to continue to grow the company and kind of alluded to why don't you make apparel and and that's where you know the apparel division of AFCO started in 1989 and what we're most well known for if you look at across the entire country is really the first ever fishing short which is our ML1 which has been a staple in the line it was the first short to ever have a Cordura line plier pocket um, and so one of our best sold items today um, in, in, you know, different areas across the country. And, you know, over the decent part of the 90s and in the early 2000s, we just continued to to master the the apparel market as best we could, you know, finding ways to, you know, improve people's life on the water, as well as in some cases off the water, you know, going back to that, you know, keeping out of the elements, uh, being protected from the sun. And, you know, here we are today in 2023, you know, making some pretty elaborate rain gear and outerwear uh, for markets like your guys is, you know, in the colder neck of the woods, um, not here in Southern California. Well, the insulated side, I can tell you this, I, I have the insulated hydronaut suit and I, I'll be honest, it has to be cold to be wearing that. That's for sure. I don't see that as being a coastal type match, but. Then again, I don't know, you know, if you start thinking about like some of the Northeast coast or the West coast, uh, Northern portion of the West coast, I'm guessing some of those guys are wearing some of the insulated stuff as well. Yeah, a little bit. It definitely mainly, you know, uh, you know, your neck of the woods, I'll tell you, it was, uh, talking about Bill Shipkey. He, uh, he took me pheasant hunting in, uh, North Dakota about two years ago and being from California, you know, it gets under 60 and you're definitely pretty frigid. Um, and I, I had the insulated, hydronaut on with uh about probably two reapers um and then our like insulated puffer vest you know still freezing cold but um i definitely could see the need in your neck of the woods for it so just interesting you know we don't ever really see a lot of that here so well it works i am uh, living proof of that that's for sure let's talk yeah. about the three generations you know you have the three generations now it's casey um is 
is Bill still involved or is that something that uh, he's just kind of handed over the reins? Yeah, you know, um, Bill's still involved in AFCO, but it's definitely Casey um, and his brother, as well as his sister, who are the the three shed members running the business um, on a day-to-day operation. You know, Bill, when Bill came on in the 70s, um, it was not his plan uh, to actually come on board and work for his dad and run AFCO. His dad had suffered a heart condition, and, you know, he was asked by his dad and mom to come on for a temporary period of time to kind of get the business you know, moving while his dad was recovering and he never left. And today, you know, Casey, his brother, Cody and his sister, Christy are, are the shed family that are here. And Bill comes in a few times a year or sorry, a few times a week, you know, and is here for whatever is needed. Um, but he's finally enjoying some of everything he's worked for over the last several years. And he's been smallmouth fishing at his uh, place in Arrowhead. So, you know, for him, uh, Bill is a, a complete bass fanatic now and getting to enjoy some of that time. It's kind of a switch when you uh, come from California and, and you become a, I guess, you know, there's still quite a few bass fishermen in California, but it, I, I see the coastal side of things being more exciting, I guess, but who knows? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about Southern California, you know, I, I have the luxury of traveling all across, you know, the U S to coastal areas as well as, you know, in, in middle America. And our access to water here is so poor compared to other places. So, you know, even if it's, you know, off, you know, fishing in, you know, offshore, you know, you have to have someone with a boat or, you know, even some of our lakes, just the access is so poor compared to other, other states. So it's definitely a much harder task than it is elsewhere. How much time do you personally spend freshwater fishing versus, uh, coastal or any other type of fishing that you might be involved in yeah i would say um 80 saltwater um just based on you know where i live and and what's available around here and then the other 20 percent is usually me getting opportunities as i'm on the road with reps or visiting customers where I'll, get, I'll be able to get out and fish um but definitely a lot less than um i would like because it's something i really enjoy and something that um you know for me is new and a challenge but just given our, our location, just tough, tough to access. Have you spent any time musky fishing? I got to ask, because I mean, this is primarily a musky show. So I'm just kind of curious. I, I, I have not had the opportunity to, and, and actually I was with Bill last week in uh, Fargo and, and he told me, he's like, the next time you come out here, you're booking out like three to four days and we're going to get you one. So uh, looking forward to that. Perfect. Well, that sounds good. I mean, I, I'm not that far from Fargo, and Bill spent uh, some time with us in the boat this last week as well. So right before he met up with you, and we had a had a good time. And then actually, it kind of buttoned up Man's 10,000 cast last shoot. So he is going to be shoot number 13, and it's a trolling episode. And uh, Bill got the the job done on the water, so that was fun. Yeah, that's a, he, he had lots of stories, and man, some of the fish he was showing me that you guys had caught was uh, extremely impressive. Um, it was just wild. All right, Matt, let's talk a little bit about the AFTCO lineup, you know, stuff that's going to help anglers stay on the water longer, especially for, like, you know, you mentioned you're in Southern California. We're definitely not, so our, our uh, products are going to definitely be different. But you have some things that would be some highlights, we'll say, that for the anglers that are out chasing fish in the Midwest. Yeah, you know, a big focus uh, for us um, being in the freshwater market now is layering, Um, you know, so going back to that comfortability, keeping out of the elements and, 
Well, what we're known for, um, probably the biggest piece we're known for is our Reaper fleece, um, which is one of the best layering pieces. You know, I think any angler could own unbiasedly, um, you know, that has our face warming, you know, mask built into it and has a really nice weight. So, you know, Reaper will be a highlight and then Hydronaut, um, would be, you know, the, the ideal bib, um, for anglers, you know, chasing musky or, um, in that colder temperature. And we offer that in a, a standard two layer. And then we also offer that in the insulated, um, version that Brad was talking about a little bit earlier. There's so many other components. I mean, the sun shirt, I mean, think, think about that. I mean, that's something that's really grown, I'd say in the last five years or so. And AFCO provides a ton of different sun shirts. Yeah. And you know, our, our focus is always, you know, I like to say this when I'm talking to people, like anyone can make a sun shirt. Um, but what can you do to, to make it uh, more technical um, or last longer? And for us, you know, you look at our line from our entry level uh, samurai sun shirt to our, our mid tier aero mesh, which is just more breathable material all the way to adapt, which is our elite, what you would call our elite uh, sun shirt. And that one actually has a technology that, and the cool weather keeps you warm and then in the warm weather keeps you cool. Um, so it's unique technical aspects like that, that we really like to hone in on just to make us different and make anglers want to wear our items. So, you know, we could cover you from it being a hundred degrees outside and, you know, fully humid all the way to, you know, five degrees and, you know, needing to layer, um, cause it's so cold. I actually use it as a base layer a lot of times when it is cold. And I believe that, you know, it definitely wicks and that definitely keeps you warmer when, uh, say you do build up a little bit of sweat, you're casting all day and it's cold out. It will wick from your body and it definitely keeps you warmer as well. Yeah. And the one, the one thing that's interesting too, is a lot of people don't know this, but like in, in for sun shirts, you know, if you're out and it's a really warm day, um, the best thing you could do is take it off, dip it in water, uh, and then put it back on and it'll really bring your body temperature down. Um, and it dries so quickly, the material they're made out of, um, that it's not a long-term problem. I can see that that definitely does dry fast. And that's one of the reasons why I wear the, uh, the tactical shorts that you guys offer. I wear them every day. Actually, I have them on right now. It's 30 degrees outside, but our shop <laughs> is nice and warm. So I, I live in the tactical shorts. They dry really, really quick. I love them. Yeah. And those, you know, on the majority of our line, we have a direct water repellent. It's meant to shed light amounts of water, you know, the items that aren't full ring gear, all the way from our, you know, layering fleece pieces to our shorts, our performance shirts. Um, you know, they'll, they're able to, to wick and get rid of uh, light, amount, light amounts of moisture from your body, which is, you know, a nice, nice thing to have. Absolutely. It keeps you on the water. That's what we were talking about earlier. And I, it makes a big difference. You know, one of the other things that uh, you guys have added to the line is kids apparel. And my daughter actually, she just turned 13 yesterday, but uh, I bought wow. her a Hydronaut suit about a year ago. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's kept her on the water a little bit longer this, this past season. Um, we had some rain delays and things like that, but she was able to stay nice and dry. So the kids side of it was a, a big bonus in my mind. Yeah. And, you know, I think now my, my dad always made it uh, a big priority to get me on the water. Um, and, you know, as a kid, 
temperature really determines and, you know, conditions determine how long that, that kid's going to stay on the water. So to have, you know, the ability to layer and stay warm and stay dry just increases their likelihood of taking it up as a sport long-term or, you know, just willing to be more involved than, than not. So let's flip into like the product development side, Matt. I mean, how much are you involved in that side of the business and kind of maybe give an idea of how you guys go about developing some of the new products? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty involved with that side, um, you know, being out in the field and talking to customers and retailers and, you know, finding new needs. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, in our industry, you always want to find an issue and you want to be the one to create the solution to it. So for us, you know, whether that's uh, a new rain suit, whether that's a new performance shirt, it all starts with feedback from our customers and our retailers of what they're seeing in the market. Um, what, what's needed that's new, that's not currently out there. And from there, you know, we take all this information and I usually compile it when I'm meeting with people and send it to our design team. Our design team takes it from there and, you know, we'll have multiple meetings along uh, a short period of time as to what this piece should look like, what it should feel like, what features it should have. And then it goes to a sampling stage where we actually produce the sample. And then from there, we send that out to key pro staff you know, team members, and we have them test it. And usually, depending on the piece, we'll go through three to four different pieces and variations of testing before we really feel we can put our name on it and put it out in the market. Um, so once it passes kind of all that field testing um, with people that we trust and are going to put it through the ringer, um, then it goes to an actual final sampling stage where we then give that to our reps and our reps go out and show that to our, our customers and retailers um, and it goes on the market. So it's, you know, like an average rain suit, you know, I'll give you guys some insight. We have a new rain suit coming out for fall uh, 24, you know, so it won't ship until August of 2024. That went through over two years of product testing before we even felt, you know, this is the right thing was put on the market. And that's, you know, just to see if there's any leaking, to check a variety of placements of pockets and seams and just all the stuff that, you know, I know if I wasn't in the industry, I wouldn't think about if I was just picking it up off a shelf. Um, we're, we're doing all that, you know, back end work here. I'm over a, a decent period of time. I absolutely love to hear that. And the reason I love to hear that, Matt, is it, it's no different than me developing a new bait. I definitely want it proven before I put it out to the public. And it definitely uh, helps a lot when you don't have to back up and go, oh, wait, hang on a minute. This isn't right, you know. And, and relying on ProSAF and the people that are going to abuse and use it and give you good input back is definitely something that's key. You need to know the negatives as well as the positives or you're not going to really go forward. Yeah. And, you know, that's one big thing AFCO in general is huge on across all departments and everything we do is feedback. And, you know, so if we hear from anyone, whether that's a customer or a field staff member that, you know, there's an issue, that goes straight to the designers and we do a thorough breakdown of what failed, how it failed, how can we make it better? And, you know, that's why you'll see sometimes, you know, especially with Hydronaut, we've had Hydronaut for about five years now. And at one point we had a Hydronaut 2.0 and essentially that was, you know, Hydronaut as great as it was the first variation of it, we found some additional things that we could make better. So we did that, you know, we made the changes, we reintroduced a new version of it. Um, and I would say every year, even though not all of them get a new naming convention, um, there are tons of running changes from people using it and providing feedback. 
Um, and, you know, we love to see it, whether on social media or, you know, calls or emails into our customer service team. It's all super helpful and something that we definitely react to. And, you know, we want to make it as best as we can. Well, I'll tell you, you know, my little story before I was working with you guys, I, uh, <laughs> I bought the AFCO suit and it was based off of Matt Cook, who worked for Hummingbird. And he's been on the podcast in the past. And he was wearing an AFCO suit and it was raining. And I, I don't even remember what I was wearing at the time, but I had a lot of questions for him because it was on my radar. And I pulled the trigger shortly after that and bought my first Hydronaut suit. We had one of the worst rainstorms I've ever seen on in freshwater anyway. And um, there was like three different brands of rain gear in the suit that or in the boat that day. And I was wearing my Hydronaut. And when we got back to my garage and we took off all of our rain gear, I was the only one that was bone dry. Um, people had water at their cuffs. They had them at the neck of their sweatshirt and, um, they were wearing two different other brands and I can't say enough. I mean, I was completely bone dry and that was like one of the best tests that I could have ever had because it absolutely poured on us. You know, one thing, um, an individual who's well known on the industry side of, of fishing, but not so much front facing is Mike Valster, who, who Bill Shipke works with. And, He's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to anything really freshwater fishing. And he told us early on, he said, you know, you produce a good quality rain suit and you'll have a customer for life. And, you know, that's something we definitely stand behind. And while no one's perfect, you know, we're always continuing the evolution of, you know, making the best product we can make. Um, so for us, it's exciting and it's a challenge. And, you know, there's not too many cases where, you know, you're running 70 miles an hour you know, down a body of water, taking side spray and, you know, wanting your head to stay up and because it's downpouring rain. It's just a whole different uh, challenge, you know, your guys' market compared to, you know, the guy in the big offshore boat suit. It's not, not as big of a deal. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide in our boats, that's for sure. You know, and <laughs> as a musky angler, we're, we're a bunch of idiots, honestly. I mean, you think about it, <laughs> we might be out there in a lightning storm and, uh, I'm not necessarily proud of some of those days, but uh, it's put more fish in the boat, that's for sure. But we push it to the limits, and, and it's always extreme. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun to watch. It's it, For us, it's, you know, fun to understand your guys' thinking and the way that you guys do stuff. Um, and, you know, having Bill, you know, in your neck of the woods and, you know, being a fisherman in that fishery, it's always helpful for us, and he gives a lot of feedback, which has always been super helpful. So, Awesome. You know, Matt, one thing AFCO does is they they do a lot on the conservation side. They give a lot back to fisheries. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's some, you know, th those are important things to know that, you know, that uh, some of these companies are, are giving back to the resources that we all enjoy. Yeah, no, um, it's definitely something that, you know, AFCO is proud of as a whole. And, and me personally, as a fisherman, I'm proud of to work for a company that gives back. Every year for over six years, AFCO has donated. 10% of its profits to conservation. Um, you know, I think last year in 2022, that was a little over 400 something thousand dollars total. You know, for us, that's, you know, quite a few projects over the, the U.S. You know, on the freshwater side, the biggest one that we're known for is our AFCO Bass Bus. So that goes to a variety of tournaments, you know, uh, releasing fish. Um, in the best manner possible to make sure that they continue to their life and, you know, avoid any die off that we can. 
An additional one is we have our conservation grant program, which we release every year where, you know, states and clubs can send in applications to get a grant for their efforts. Um, every year we've done over 25,000 and a lot of dollars that we donated. And that usually goes towards, you know, habitat restoration, you know, stocking of fish where it's appropriate and, and where the state has signed off to do so. We also have a bank bag program, um, which people have probably seen if they've been to any of the tournaments um, or even the Bassmaster Classic, where uh, we have a yellow bag that we incentivize people to clean up their waterway. And they bring that bag back and they get a $25 gift card to AFCO.com for, for doing their part. And that's open to any club. It's open to any organization really that wants to get people motivated to get on the water, clean up the waterway and, you know, kind of leave it better than where they found it. Um, and, and anyone that wants to do that can just send a request in our customer service team and they'll get them taken care of um, to do that. And, you know, we've had a variety of other projects. Another big one had been the War on Carp project that we had done uh, and still involved with today, where we did a variety of donations, um, as well as produced a T-shirt so that, you know, every T-shirt that was purchased, $5 went to uh, the War on Carp Foundation. So, you know, a lot of stuff that has been accomplished over the years, but that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for people supporting the brand. You know, for us, I always say, you know, you're not just buying a t-shirt you're actually buying somewhat of a future for your you know you to fish as well as your kids to fish because afco is big on conservation and getting involved i, I would say that bill shed who's you know our ceo he has spent thousands and thousands of hours on conservation efforts and today that's you know him and casey both doing that um, and we'll continue to do that because that's just part of our heritage and, and our legacy going forward I think it's interesting. I, I've talked to a couple of different APCO pros, and one of the first conversations that comes from APCO is how they might be able to help in their neck of the woods or their area that they spend their time fishing. And that help is based upon conservation. And I think that really says a lot for APCO when somebody is willing to talk about that more so than how they can help that angler. Yeah. You know, our approach has always been, you know, there's many ways to get people to see your brand. And for us, you know, it's never been throw a bunch of cash at one thing to kind of, you know, continue to grow. We've always had that grassroots uh, mindset of let's get into the markets that we're in. Let's get with the people who are buying our products and see what issues they're having. Um, how can we help? Um, whether that's supporting through our grant program, habitat restoration, or stocking, um, or cleanups, um, if that's taking something to, um, you know, DC, you know, we, through it, Bill and Casey, are, have those capabilities through their involvement with a variety of organizations, whether that's, you know, IGFA, ASA, or uh, BAS, you know, they have the means to do that. And it's something that's been impactful to a lot of people. Uh, and that's something I'm proud of is, you know, we're, you know, we're a brand, but we're also doing a lot of good in the market um, for, for people who are purchasing the brand and, and our supporters. And again, you know, I can't emphasize enough. None of that would be possible if it wasn't for people purchasing and supporting AFCO. It just wouldn't happen. So we're super grateful for our customer base and, and none of this would be possible without them. Well, I think Jeff and I can relate quite well to that whole 
side of it. I mean, definitely we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for the public supporting our brands as well. So definitely uh, kudos to AFCO and kudos to you, Matt. Yeah, exciting. All right, Matt, I want to thank you for your time today. If people want to learn a little bit more about AFCO, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, the best way to, to learn more about AFCO is going to AFCO.com. Um, you know, for on there, we have a variety of blogs and information on what we're about, um, as well as our product line. And one thing I always stress the most is go to our dealer locator, try to find a, a dealer in your area and go in and, uh, you know, get your hands on some of the product, ask them questions. Uh, you know, I always find that to be the best way to get to know the brand the best. So AFCO.com will be your best resource uh, for that. All right, Matt. Thanks again for taking time out of your schedule and talk about AFCO with us. We really appreciate that. We want to thank our listeners again for tuning in for another episode this week. We hope everybody has a safe and happy Thanksgiving, and we will be back with a new episode again next week, Wednesday. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks.